he said it because of his wet blanket energy. <laughs> Unhinged. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons. We are just happy you're here. So join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. Drum roll, please. It's Clayton's Corner. I'm so broken. Wow. We're going to have a time in the corner. What an episode. Yeah. I know you guys are thinking, what the hell are we doing in the corner? We didn't creep yet. <laughs> but we're in the corner first because Tuesday night's episode warrants that. Mm -hmm. It felt stupid to wait to touch on these details. We are actually recording the morning after. So this is Wednesday morning, just for you listeners. Mm -hmm. um, so we really couldn't wait to talk about the Susie stuff. So it felt silly to kind of like talk about anything else. And to make you guys have to fast forward through all the creeps because we know what you want to hear is... Uh, yeah. talking about this crazy episode so wow i think i speak for everyone when i say what the actual fuck yeah. happened on that date with clayton and Susie. like i don't even <sighs> yeah. i don't even know who rachel and gabby are at this point like that was <laughs> in the top i would say top five i my jaw i sat there the whole time and i'm like holy shit like top five it felt very real. It really felt yes. like two yes. people really having an argument and, and disagreement. So, yeah. yeah. Like Ari breaking up with Becca real. Yes. Like you were actually watching a real conversation between two people totally Total, falling apart. Right. Totally unscripted. Totally un... You know, we're sitting at a dinner table and let me tell you about my intimate trauma or whatever it right. is. Like this was a real conversation. I don't even know where to begin. I have something. So Susie made it very clear that she wouldn't be comfortable with Clayton sleeping with other people. And like, okay, I really don't blame you, girl. I'm pretty much on the same page. But yeah. she was the only one voicing that. So I made a tweet that got a good amount of attention. And basically it was like, Susie voices that she doesn't want Clayton to sleep with other people. And then producers immediately put her as the third fantasy suite date. Like that of was course, on purpose. Yeah. Had course. they just put her first, she may have made that comment that she didn't want him to be intimate with any other people, and maybe he would have listened if he loved her the most, quote If he unquote. really did love her the most, yes. As oh, he 100%. says, maybe if she went first, he could have ended up being engaged to her, and, like, that would be that. But instead, we have this shit show. Well, and that's why I do kind of feel very bad for the situation, because I think sometimes certain leads will say, you know, yeah, they're producing, and they're going to manipulate things, and they want to make a TV show, but at the end of the day, they really care about the lead finding love, and that is just... Bullshit. So not true. And I did feel kind of bad because I think, I mean, I'll, we'll get into it. And I think the way Clayton reacted and the way he spoke to Susie was problematic. But I think if you were to write out a script of like the two argument points, I do see things on both sides that are valid. And it's just such a shame that they had to push this to this point because they knew Susie was feeling this way probably like six weeks ago that she has those feelings about sex and you know how oh Susie how would you feel if you were going to get engaged in Clayton had had sex with another woman like they knew that and I'm sure while they were in the house and this whole week they've been poking her poking her poking her having these little threesome conversations with Rachel and Gabby and I'm sure they encouraged her to not bring it up until they sat down and it's just sad because this could have been avoided it's basically I think to your point um because maybe Clayton would have done things differently had he known but they made sure he didn't know they don't want him to know it's really sad I 
I want to make it clear we are in no way defending Clayton's behavior, though. Totally. So I, while I agree, like both sides have points, he his points completely go out the window with how he treated her. Oh, like 100%. The, yeah. The way he spoke to her, the things he was saying, the way he completely, the fact that she was apologizing, the fact that he walked to the car ahead of her and she's still apologizing, which. I was trying to see if I could see her mouth. I don't know if she was still talking right, to him right. when they were walking to the car. But according to the, you know, what the show they're showing us, he grabs the car handle and she's still apologizing. And to grab the car handle when someone's still apologizing is the biggest slap in the face. Because it's like, I don't even want to fucking talk to you anymore. Get in the car. Honestly, his body language was scary. Like the, the coldness, yes. the anger. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's what you say and then there's how you say it. And quite frankly, like how people communicate their conflicts is a huge red flag in a relationship. And it's like, I don't care what, what we're talking about. If you're gonna like get super cold and angry and like get defensive and turn things on me, like <laughs> goodbye. I, I, that's and like you, so triggering for me. I'm like, absolutely not. Immediately now, I've seen what I needed to immediately see. Immediately now, yes. <laughs> and like, you know you're pretty bad when you have to look to Peter Weber and say, this is how I maybe should have handled this situation. But like they took uh, the Peter and Maddie conversation, that whole date, mm -hmm. where Maddie said that she didn't want to, basically the exact same thing. She didn't want yeah. him sleeping with the other people. He clearly did. And they did copy-paste. However, Peter was upset. Peter talked to her. Like, I don't, I don't actually quite remember exactly what went down, but he obviously didn't blow up at her. He didn't make right. Maddie question right. her own morals. He didn't turn the whole situation around on Maddie. Like, he was upset that he didn't know prior, but, like, that's where it ends. Clayton right. can be upset with himself. He could be upset in general that he didn't know prior, but he cannot be upset with Susie for having her having a feelings. feeling about something. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Another thing that my jaw is just on the floor. When he's finally coming clean, he's mm -hmm. like, yes, I did sleep with, quote, someone else, someone else. He keeps referring to one person. And then... I, me sleeping with, like, with both. Mm-hmm. It was the both heard round the world. That was actually a tweet from, I believe, Batch Brackets Twitter. I was, thought it was hilarious because truly, the second he said both, I think everyone in America was like, <gasps> we were all waiting to see if he would actually confirm it was two. And yeah. you know what it reminded me of? This like proves that I have like past trauma, I guess, with, with ex-boyfriends, but I'm sure everyone can relate to this. When a guy is admitting to doing something bad, but they only tell you a little bit at first, it's like, mm -hmm. I just made out with her. It was nothing. I just kissed her at the bar. And then as you continue fighting, he's like, all right, we slept together. All right, she has an STD. All right, I'm pre oh my she's God. pregnant. Like, she's and then pregnant. it's like, <laughs> Yeah. She's having my baby. And like an oh, hour no. later, you find out that he has like six kids with someone else. Totally. Like, that's what Clayton was doing. Well, and also I, to that point, I want to bring up the fact that like Clayton is strate maybe strategically or he's just dumb and has never seen the show before is interchangeably using falling in love and in love. Like, for example, when Susie initially asked him, oh, did you say you're in love with someone else or have you slept with another woman? And he's like, uh, I did sleep with someone else here and I have expressed feelings of falling in love. And it's like, dude, that is not true. And then later on, he'll be like, oh, I said I love you to two women. Even in Gabby's situation, we never see him say to her, I love you. Like he, when he leaves the date with her, it's like, I'm falling in love and it feels so good. Oh, yeah. And, but oh, then yeah. in the ITM, he says, I told two women, I love them. And it's like, dude, in bachelor land, you really need to clarify 
those two phrases because they are very different. And he's just using them interchangeably willy-nilly and then telling Susie, oh, no, 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 I, I, I have feelings of love. I'm falling yeah. in love with someone else. It's like, no, 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 you told Rachel I love you. Yeah, he's pussyfooting around the L word, totally. if you will. And yes. I, I had to Google pussyfooting, but I knew that word applied. Clayton is pussyfooting. You know, f having feelings of love with these, with, with, with this, this person, and I slept with him. He is basically like dancing around the subject because he was trying to feel out how Susie was going to react. But basically, whether he slept with one or both, it it was still a deal breaker. So I feel like he. he quickly realized that it didn't actually matter. I might as well come clean. And I think now he's so scarred from what happened with Susie, I think that's what triggers him telling. He's like, now I'm gonna be an open book to everyone. Well, at this point, he can't go be with either of them now that he literally told Susie, I'm the I most love in love with yeah. you. He can't go back to Rachel and be like, sorry, babe. I second most love you, but like, I still love you. Like, it's well, just, it's over now. You can't be with any of them. And I'm curious if he's going to try. And that's like the promo we're getting with Gabby being like, your words and actions don't match up. Like, this is bullshit. Because that would be really fucking dumb if he goes back into the house and was like, hey, babes, time for <laughs> our next date. <laughs> hey, babes, let's give it another go in bed. Come on. Yeah. Oh my god. But you're saying that he can't be with anyone because he said he's most in love with Susie. Now, sure, in real time when they see it on TV, but we don't know if he tells the girls, by the way, I'm in love right. with all three of you, but I was most in love with the girl that just left. But it just They may to, not know that. Like, does this man know that this is all airing on TV and everyone is going to see that? Like, he's just really being so impulsive and messy with this that I'm like, do you not... This is all recorded. You know this, right? Like, the whole nation is going You're to mic'd right now. watch. Like, and I don't think he... Maybe he just, like, forgot. He seems like a very impulsive person because it's just, like, if Susie was your number one, you should have you thought that through and been like, okay, well... How is my wife going to feel knowing that I, I slept with two other people in the fantasy suites? Other bachelors have done it and been very open about it. Nick has said that he knew he was probably going to pick Vanessa, so he only slept with Vanessa and was very careful about what he said to the other women so that they would never look back and be like, well, why did you say you loved me? Or things like that. He was very strategic in that I way. think I, I literally used him as an example yesterday when I was talking to my mom. Mm -hmm. The difference between Nick and Clayton is that Nick... This wasn't his first rodeo. He right. got smart as he went on. But, like, Nick's actions in the beginning of his franchise career, he messed up a lot. And I think he realized towards the end, like, I got to fucking get my shit together. I think Clayton, probably if he did it again, would be smarter. But it was, was like it? a fucking yeah. a fuck fest for Clayton because he's like, I'm on TV and I get to have sex with everyone. Like, I'm excited. I thought it was Rachel the entire time. I do mm -hmm. think if... Let's say he didn't sleep with anyone. Let's just say that was completely off the table. He would have picked Susie. I wasn't thinking that. Well, I was going to ask you that. Like, where the fuck did this Susie being the most in love person come from? Because I, I wrote earlier in my notes, I'm like, Rachel is obviously the front runner. So production made Clayton pick her last in the rose ceremony to get in her head. Like, I was so convinced it's Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. And that makes me think, though, is that what they wanted us to think? Because we just yeah, haven't seen well, a lot of Susie. And it, that just goes to show how much power they have in the editing. Like, we've seen this great connection with him and Rachel. We haven't really seen that with him and Susie. That doesn't necessarily mean it hasn't been there. But even the times when they're together, I'm kind of like, oh, it's not as strong. 
I agree, but like they know the ending to the the movie essentially. So if they want you to feel a certain way about right, someone right, in right, the right. beginning, they could do whatever they want. Julian Anderson, who was on our very first episode of She's All That, she during a rose ceremony tripped on the carpet and she fell, and it was just like a clumsy, embarrassing moment. But she said that they made her go back and walk, and where she didn't trip because she said if she had won, they want to make her look like a queen. They want to make her look poised and polished and perfect. And they're not going to air that embarrassing moment of her. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, if they they want to turn you away from Susie so you don't realize that, like, she actually was the front runner, they did that. They could do whatever they want. Yeah. It's a shame, though, and where I do have empathy for Clayton is I'm like, this guy did not know what the fuck he was doing or getting into. I think... Producers really pushed him in a way that was not in his best interest. Not that anyone's forcing him to sleep with anyone, but they can definitely get in his head and make him think that, you know, everyone's kind of on the same page. Like, this is what everyone does. And also, too, I'm sure he's communicated to them Susie's his top pick. Because that's something that Colton has talked about is he always protected Cassie because he knew Cassie was his top pick. Um, So he would always, like, lie and tell the producers his number one was Hannah G so that they wouldn't fuck around with him in that way. Blake actually talks about it later on that Colton went into his whole bachelor process with a very businessy mindset. So, um, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to see all the different approaches to this. But I don't think Clayton had any sort of strategy or approach. He just is along for the journey. Yeah, and you haven't seen the franchise truly villainize the lead since Juan Pablo. I'm sure I'll get messages where you'll tell me it was Peter. Sure, but I really think like a full-blown villain. Like when you think of the villain of Juan Pablo season, it it's Juan Pablo. Yeah. Another thing I thought was really funny, like when Clayton goes outside, first of all, he goes outside, he's huffing and puffing after Susie. Basically, he realizes that Susie's going to leave. Yeah. He's huffing and puffing, and I'm like looking for a fence, waiting for, for Clayton to jump the fence because that moment <laughs> felt so similar. But instead, he doesn't jump a fence. He finds Jesse, who's just like peering out of the bushes naturally. And Jesse provided absolutely nothing to their conversation. Like, all they wanted was those sound bites of Clayton being like, This is totally ruined. I'm never gonna find love ever again. So they could put it in the trailer. All Jesse did was stare at him with like puppy dog eyes, and he's like, Bro, sorry, man. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Like, that's all he said. I was, like, looking at Jesse, waiting for him. Chris Harrison or or even Caitlin in the totally. past have, like, given some kind of conversation back to help the lead. And Jesse's like, yes, dude, <laughs> sucks to be up. you. Yeah. You're bad. Totally. No, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, put Caitlin in there. Put Chris Harrison in there. I think they were better in, in the past of having, like, a mentoring relationship with the lead. And what's funny is, like, that's why they put Jesse in there is because he had been The Bachelor before and they wanted that same sort of energy, but he is not really giving it. I will say, though, in the promo, so in the promo, granted, take it all with a grain of salt, but Jesse says, like, what is it that he exactly says? Like, something is about to change everything. Oh, yeah. And and Jesse's opening a door. Yeah, okay. Is Susie going to come back? Question mark. I mean, it could literally be like the pizza man. Sure. <laughs> Here's a pepperoni pizza, Clayton, and he like eats the whole thing. Like this could change everything, could mean it's raining today and we were actually supposed to go outside for the date, so instead we're going to be inside and that changes everything. I know, but do you think Susie will come back? Because she, while she was very adamant in her decision, I think it was definitely hard for her. She was definitely torn and upset. If she comes back, it's not to reconcile. It's because producers probably hounded her and forced her to come back for the ratings because that would make for a very great finale. If he opens that door and Susie's there, I'm like, fuck yes. 
I love yeah. a good finale where it's juicy and dramatic. So I actually wasn't even thinking it could be Susie because I don't trust the trailer ever. I don't trust what they say. I will never get over Peter's trailer being, before you do what you're about to do, there's something you should know. And it was literally and that Hannah Ann was Hannah, Hannah Ann was running late. <laughs> Hannah Ann was like, she's like, she she'll be here in five minutes. Her car just like needed to stop and get gas. And like they've teased that the entire time. They had Peter like laying on the bed. They were like putting like cold ice packs on his head because he was like about to pass out. Yeah, <laughs> that was so bizarre. I do want to say though, so this was supposed to be part of the creep segment, but we decided to keep it here. So Susie posted a TikTok and it's this sound. I expected every guy that I went on a date with to fall in love with me. And when they didn't, I was like, hello. And especially now knowing that Clayton was saying he was the most in love with her. It does give it a bit of a different context. When I was initially watching it, I was like, oh, well, this is a single lady. Like, no person who's engaged would post a TikTok like that. So we can obviously count Susie out. This was before the episode. But now, knowing more context, I'm just kind of like, hmm, something interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually surprised that she was, like, posting TikToks like that and almost allowed to post this because she posted it before Tuesday night's episode. Yeah, yeah, And it's exactly. very clear that you're single if you post if a TikTok that. like yeah. that. I know. So if you had any hopes of Susie coming back and them reconciling, I, I don't mean, there, think that's, that's not. I mean, people. I know, but people might have hopes. Don't crush people's hopes and dreams. Okay, guys, I don't think anyone's hoping that Susie goes back to Clayton. I know, I'm like, that would be, wants... especially after he reacted with the car. No, no, yeah, no, no, girl, run, run. Go be the Bachelorette. You're so much better off. Unless something crazy, well, something crazy drastic will, you know, unfold next week but I think it's a shoe in for Susie or maybe they should do a three-way bachelorette I'm down because I think this was these girls have been put through the ringer with this and they deserve it after this I did say this is the first time in a long time that I have felt really invested in and that I really really like the top three all three of them I really think they're like great girls yeah the only thing that makes me feel like a slither a slither oh no it's sliver yeah the only a thing that makes me, is like a snake. <laughs> like a snake. The only thing that makes me feel a sliver of sadness for Clayton is that I know he struggles with like public opinion and mm -hmm. and pushback and I feel like this is unredeemable. Yeah. I think he turned his social media off. I I recommended he did. So he probably saw my tweet and listened. That's exactly what happened. Yes. Um, at the very least, I'm sure he turned off comments because, like, geez, Louise. Clayton's never going on this fucking show again. Never say never. Unless they find a way <laughs> to convince him, which, again, you guys know me. I love mess. I would be here for Clayton going to paradise. Because oh, yeah. he's single. Homeboy's single. Of course he's There's single. no way. And all I have to say to Susie is, like, never let a man who wears orange turtleneck sweaters talk to you that way. Like, that man mm -hmm. does not deserve a millisecond of your time. I am so sad that you felt in the moment that you needed to apologize. I still feel about, like, past traumatic relationships. Why didn't I defend myself more? Why did I let that person talk to me that way? So I'm sure she watched on Tuesday and thought, like, my God, how did I let him twist that on me? But I'm sure she's glad she still got in the car and, yeah. like... Yeah, left, more power you know, to you. She yeah. at least, like, because Clayton was really convincing her to at the very least stay and, like, talk it through and we'll work through this. And, and she really was just like, no, this is my boundary. Yeah. So. Props to her. I think Clayton really believed in the process. And I do think he was sincere in trying to find someone. And I think he really just put way too much trust in people that don't have his interest at heart and the show. Yeah. So This may be, like, out of context learned, now. 
but like someone tweeted, bro's trying to bring up his faith when he's trying to go three for three in the fantasy suite. <laughs> and that's like so accurate. He's like, you know, like, I believe in God, so everything happens for a reason. But like, you're pissed that you didn't get to have sex with Susie and now she's leaving. Yeah. Let's not make it complicated. Has anyone ever, I guess we'll never really know the answer, but like, has anyone ever gone three for three in the fantasy suite? So I was thinking that, I mean. We'll never know. I mean, we'll never, I mean, I'm sure the answer is yes, but I feel like as far as I know, the people that have come clean about it, it's either two or less. Like no one has ever said, yes, I fucked all three. You know who I think might have? Publicly. Ari. Because he probably fucked Lauren and Becca. And then Kendall, I feel like maybe. They, even though I don't think they had a strong like romantic connection, I think they were they both had like a, a physical connection. He's never com- he's never inf- confirmed that, but I think sometimes you can tell from like the morning afters and stuff the vibe. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anyone else. What other bachelors are there? Like for example, and obviously this is a very different situation for many reasons, but with Colton after he had his fantasy suit with Tasha, she was very upset and in a bad mood and hurt because. Clearly, they did not have sex, and you could tell that that's like she knew it wasn't her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think the morning after, you can really tell a lot about the vibe. Oh, you know someone I think... Oh, no. A uh, friend of the show, Ben Higgins, he did admit he slept with, I think, two or one. He has complained about this, but I'm, I'm looking at a list of... I literally just Googled past bachelors to see, like, <laughs> who would fit this bill and who has complained about certain things. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. Ben, it was Lauren, JoJo, and Kayla... He definitely slept with Lauren. I'm pretty sure he slept with JoJo. And I could also see him sleeping with Kayla. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, ne- we'll never know. And like, you can't really confirm these things, but. Yeah, like, cause even like Chris Souls, it was Whitney, Becca, and Caitlin, but Becca was a virgin. So, mm. you know, Nick, we know didn't. Ari, right. we're unsure. Matt James? Uh, like, who was his fantasy suites? Rachel, Michelle, Rachel, and, and Brie. Michelle. Brie. Or I, like, Serena. I don't remember who went home. Before. Serena wasn't. She was fourth, I think. Oh, okay. Okay, so honestly, I don't know. So I'm more invested than ever for next week. Producers, you did your job. You had to throw Clayton under the bus to do so, but you did your job. Yeah. We are invested now. We've come a long way because everyone was kind of having like the bachelor fatigue, and here we are, like literally excited to see how this thing unfolds because. We love mess. I'm like, how many episodes did it take for us to get to this point of suffering through to finally be excited? Like seven? Yeah. They were all worth it. All the shrimp in the world was worth it. So I guess we'll see. I mean, so we'll obviously have a bigger Clayton's Corner next week. We actually invited a former bachelor Mm -hmm. to come on the pod and help us unfold everything that's going to be Clayton's finale. So we are excited we can get insight... From an actual yeah. lead who could tell us, like, Who's the behind the it. scenes. Yeah, totally. And he did, he may be one of my favorites. That's just a hint. But <laughs> yeah, not going to so, tell you who. So who could it possibly be? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, so, yeah. Make sure to join us next week in the corner. Don't be late. We like to do these things promptly. Yes. And that's it. We'll see you next week in the corner. Let's end it with the... Sure. <laughs> yes. A one and a two and a three. It's Clayton's Corner. Oh, wait. I, this is it's like, early for us, it's guys. It's really we didn't early, do our guys. our vocal warm-ups. All right. On to creep. Okay. 
Okay, so ever since, you know, the pandemic and the fact that we're all working from home the majority of the time, my style has definitely changed a lot and I'm definitely valuing comfort above everything else. And I love that feeling when you put something on and it just immediately feels like comfortable and perfect. And I've been finding that with Third Love's 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. It offers unparalleled comfort thanks to every unique detail in its fit, style, function, and design. And you won't want to take it off at the end of the day, which is like... Shocking for me because I hate bras. My entire closet is cozy clothes and that's why I love that we found Third Love because the 24-7 t-shirt bra is designed to fit and form to your body. Every detail has been made with ultimate comfort in mind. So it's ultra thin, it has memory foam cups to give your boobs everyday comfort and support, luxe straps that never slip, and it's so smoothing it looks invisible no matter what you wear. This bra is available in cups A through I, including Third Love's exclusive half cups. And for a big boobed lady like me, a half cup is a serious game changer because I never feel like I actually fit into any bra outside of third love. Totally, which is why normally I always will go for like a sports bra or no bra, but now I've actually been using a real bra with this 24 seven t-shirt bra. These bras are made by women for women to fit, feel, and look great. Their bras, underwear, and activewear are designed to hug better, hold stronger, and support longer. And also the best part about it is you can love it or you can get your money back. Love your fit guaranteed. If not, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. So you can try it and make sure it fits you perfectly. And if not, you can exchange till you get the perfect size for you. Feeling is believing, so we highly recommend you try this out and feel it to believe it. Give your boobs the 24-7 comfort and support they deserve. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash she's all batch. 20% off at thirdlove.com slash she's all batch. Let's creep. There's so many fun things to talk about. I'm so excited. So... Mm. Teddy obviously dropped the bomb during her time on the Women Tell All that Clayton's brother slid into her DMs. Clayton has now taken to Twitter and is basically calling her out for that. Well, so that because he has two brothers, right? So it's like, is the question which, <laughs> which one brother? actually slid in, right? Well, we actually have information on that. So okay, I don't. How do you pronounce the word? Is it vehem vehem? I don't know how to fucking say that vehemently. My brothers have been vehem. I don't even know. Vehemently. I'm just going to skip. I'm going to skip the word, okay? I'm not <laughs> even You guys know the it. word we're talking about. No, we're, we're taking this part out. You're not no, keeping that I because didn't. then even his brother was like, what is this word? Too many big words for me. Like, what are you talking about, Clayton? Now everyone's going to know I don't know how to say vehemently. Who cares? I don't know how to say it either. Honestly, no one knows. There's I think no I just said it. Vehemently. It. We haven't okay. even got to the story yet. And we're already okay. okay. So he said, both of my brothers have been vehemently denying sliding in the DMs. So Teddy, please give the people, including me, what they want and release the DMs. Two smiley, crying faces because I can't ever be just passive aggressive. I have to make everything into a joke. Then he backpedals and <laughs> says, let me just clarify here. I 1000% believe Teddy. There's absolutely no way she made this up at all. Again, smiley crying face. What are you talking about? You're literally fighting both sides of the argument here. I think he just wants the release to get the proof and to figure out which brother. Um, but I don't. I, I didn't even take it from his initial thing that he was like denying Teddy's truth. But I'm sure Clayton, we know, is very sensitive to the feedback, and I'm sure people were like accusing him of that. So he was like, and just to set the record straight, people, blah blah blah. I very much took his first tweet to be though Teddy 
we want to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show us. And then the second one is, but I totally believe you. No one hate on me. Like, Teddy, to- like, it, it felt I think, like. I think he's just reacting it. to the hate as opposed to, like, I, yeah, from his first message, I didn't interpret it like that at all. Yeah, I thought the same thing, that he's just like, Teddy, let's see the messages. Like, which brother? Ha ha. I mean, he did have two laugh crying emojis, so we know it was all in good fun, people. Yeah, because. God forbid he actually just like makes this <laughs> just straightforward comment. With no emoji. Yeah. So basically, Nate is one of um, Clayton's brothers, and he posted like the video of Teddy saying that same soundbite with juicy stuff with a shh emoji. These Eckerts love emojis. Okay. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I say that, and literally I go to the next slide, and it's more fucking emojis. And then in the next slide, he takes Clayton's tweet, screenshotted, and he goes, a lot of you are assuming, but a lot of you don't know my younger brother, Pat the Rat, with two laughy, cryy emojis. And then he tags Patrick Eckert. And so I go to his. Unclear of all these guys' ages, because Patrick seems like more in college. Is this him sitting at a university? Not sure. Looking at his Instagram, he doesn't have a lot of photos on it. And Patrick said he has the same video of Teddy Oh, he's the one who said vehemently. He said, so he takes the same tweet from Clayton and goes, what does vehemently mean? Sliding into the DM, so many unfamiliar words and phrases. So no one knows how to say that word. Okay. Well, I vehemently want to know which brother it was. And I want to know what he actually said. I believe that this happened. So yeah, but neither of them are admitting to it. Both of them are kind of like poking fun at it and reposting the soundbite. But neither of them are saying like, oh, it was me. But we know it was one of them. But who get like, I also, like, who gives a shit which one? What did you say? And did, well, we know Teddy didn't respond. Mm-hmm. People were questioning Clayton. They're like, why don't you just grab your brother's phone and say, let me see your DMs? Unless he's shady and d- deletes all his DMs. But like, wouldn't you it just be take easier? someone's phone and demand they show you things though? Because yes, you could. Be like, no. But like, who's hiding something here? What's there to hide? If you just I don't know, wrote maybe said, his DM was embarrassing, but maybe it was like a little flirty and a little cringy. Hence why mm. Teddy didn't respond. We don't know. Moving on. So Tammy, everyone's been talking about Tammy from Peter season, correct? Mm-hmm. Peter season. Yeah. Because she has some serious tea to spill about the Bachelor franchise. She has yet to spill it. I've reached out. People have already written me saying, like, you need to get Tammy. I'm on it, guys. If you want to help me. We're manifesting. If if you want to help me, though, go DM her and tell her that she needs to come on because that will probably help. Um, But she has tea to spill on the Bachelor franchise. Also, I wanted to address my last post. Um, I'm done with this franchise, and my contract is up in April, and I'm never looking back. Um, If you're not their favorite, and it's very clear, you are treated like secondhand dog. And they don't care about you or your value or your worth. So they are just a network that is so light years behind the times. And this is why the ratings are tanking. This is why all the new contestants don't have as many followers like the Netflix shows. I mean, look at Love is Blind. They've broadcasted so many different types of people, different backgrounds, and they just know what's going on because that's the modern day life. I don't think that that this franchise will ever get there unfortunately and I love you guys I'm happy to have met you through this experience but it's time for me to move on and on to bigger and better things and that's all I'll say for now something happened um obviously over the last week that you guys will probably never find out about because they don't push storylines of people who look like mine um and that was my last straw with them I just put in so much work behind the scenes with them and I just again 
get treated like dog crap, so. And then following that, she also posted like a text post that just says, I love you guys. Thank you always for supporting me. I know I don't have as many followers, but the followers I do have are so loyal. I don't want my followers to just follow me for a pretty face. I want to inspire hardworking women. I have the same six jobs I had before filming Bachelor and will continue to have multiple streams of income because I want to show this is how women can build wealth. I want to continue sharing stories of families who look like mine because these stories are important. Representation is important. So Six jobs. Yeah, I don't know what those all are. Bartending, <laughs> bartending is one of them. I know she's a bartender. I don't know Maybe be influencing is another. Yeah, but that's two. We saw four more. That's yeah, a lot geez. of jobs. Hustler. Um, but she's not wrong in everything that she said. Yeah. And I would love to hear more details about it when she comes. I'm saying when she comes on our podcast, not if, yeah. when. So we're going to leave it at that because obviously mm-hmm. she has only said what she has said. We don't have any any more information, but I'm inclined to believe that she has some seriously shady shit on this franchise. Yes, I agree. And I am ready to unpack, unpack. it. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say unpack. April <laughs> cannot say- come soon enough. Get out of that NDA, Tammy, and come chat with us. Yeah, we'll set the clock. See you in April. So moving on, Andrew and Greg, who have now become like the ultimate TikTok duo. They're putting out so much content. I know it's Andrew driving this ship, but (laughs) Greg is happily joining in, which is great. We love our Greg content. So they did a video where they switch places. So Greg is being Andrew and Andrew's being Greg. Something I noticed though, I'm watching the video waiting for something creep worthy. Mm -hmm. And Andrew, as Greg, says he's looking for a lover. (gasps) That's one. Right. Clemence. Clemence. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, wee wee. Clemens, it's a little bizarre that he would say he's looking for a lover. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of low key saying he doesn't currently have a lover or he doesn't consider his long distance Paris love a lover. Right. Well, which is hurtful to me. Then (laughs) he says he's looking for a lover because he wants to give her a quote fish bracelet. And I'm like, (laughs) Jackie's face. I'm I'm confused what that meant. Maybe it's something in Paris. I do think that. You know how um, TikTok will auto-predict your captions? Yeah. Is that what this was? Or does he literally say fish bracelet? I can't tell. So we can put the actual audio in here and you guys can tell me. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I'm just looking for my, my, you know, my, my lover so I can, yeah. (laughs) So I can, you know, hand her a fish bracelet. Um, Great lighting. Maybe it's something we need to look into. This is probably the new hot jewelry that we just okay. haven't been up to speed on. He says it twice. Yeah, I think Greg guy cuts him off, so it's hard to hear. Guys, if you have any idea what a fish bracelet is, or or if it's if, something else that we're just like not understanding, because it is kind of like muddy what he's saying. Like Greg's kind of making a little noise in the background. Um, I googled fish bracelet. Nothing notable is really coming up. I mean, except for cute little bracelets with fish on them, which is great. <laughs> but I randomly, I don't think that that's what Andrew means when he says that's what Greg's going to get for his lover. Don't get me wrong. I, I would accept a fish bracelet, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like there's some cool hip trend that we don't know about. But it's way more fun to just think that it's a fish bracelet. Just like a pretty little charm bracelet with fish on it. Yeah, what if, like, Clay Mens is really into, what if she's, like, a maybe fan of Maybe she's a Pisces. The, maybe it's, it is Pisces season, guys. Maybe she's a fan of, like, aquatic parks, and he wanted to give her a fish bracelet. Okay. But it's seeming to me that Greg and Clemence Fish eye. Yeah. Okay. 
fish eye bracelet meaning. Hold on. White elephants and fishes symbolize good luck and they bring protection and safety to your home. That's probably just Greg's way of like wanting to protect Clemence because she's in Paris. I'm taking from this that they're not together anymore. Or were they ever, like, I don't know. We built this whole relationship off of <laughs> Greg sent her flowers when she was in Paris for Valentine's Day. But you mm -hmm. can send someone flowers for Valentine's Day and not be in like a real serious relationship. You can just yeah. be fun and flirty. It could have also just been a fling too. Totally. And then we've created this whole love story. <laughs> well, because she's been posting a lot in Paris. Like, I don't know. I don't think she's been back to New York since I last said she was in New York. Well, so. when she comes back, she's going to get a nice fish bracelet. So she better book her flight so she soon. better book a flight for a fishy little bracelet. Okay. Well, we'll see. Watch this space, people. So I have brought this up a little bit on the podcast in the past, but I am going on my sister's bachelorette party in April, and I'm so excited because I get to bring my favorite game for the girls. It's by What Do You Meme, and it is the most fun game to play with a group of girls. It's perfect for bachelorette parties, sororities, just hanging out with your girlfriends and wanting to play a fun drinking game. So this game has truth or dare, challenges, questions, superlatives. It is just the most fun, and it reminds me of, like, that classic sleepover game uh, when you were like in high school. Yeah, I, I'm actually also going on a bachelorette party in April, I think literally the week after you, and I'm gonna bring Wait, really? this game. Yeah, I told you that, but <laughs> back to the ad. So <laughs> we're both gonna bring this game to our bachelorette parties, and you guys can get 15% off with the code BATCHGIRLS15. You can pick this up at Target, at Walmart, or if you want to, on Amazon, and you can use our code. That's B-A-C-H. G-I-R-L-S 15 for 15% off. You're going to want to play this game. Trust me. Party on. Okay, it's time for Bachelor Encounters. And if you're new here, that's when you guys submit your stories of Bachelor alum in the wild and we read it here on air. So first, we have one about Matt James. Oh, yay. You know, exciting. the author. The author, Matt James. <laughs> the author. Is he um, a New York Times bestseller yet or just critically acclaimed? Critically acclaimed. The book's not out till May. All right, so we'll see. But I feel like they all become New York Times bestsellers. And I'm like, how is literally every book a New York Times bestseller? I mean, I don't know. But <laughs> okay. this person writes, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, a.k.a. Matt James's hometown, and was treating myself to Starbucks this fine Friday morning, and someone pulls up next to the drive-thru line going to the wrong direction. And I was like, whoa, that looks like Matt James. He was wearing a weird hat thing that covered side of his face, so I wasn't 100% sure, but I was pretty sure. <laughs> Wait, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get my phone out to take a pic, but then I had to pull forward in the line and start to move and straight up almost hit Rachel as she's walking to Matt's car that is oh right next God. to mine. So anyways, I did not hit her, thank God, nor did I get a picture, but wild because I always see them posting places that are like local spots for me and I've never seen them in person until now. <laughs> That's the encounter. That's kind of funny. Wait, so he was going the wrong way through the drive-thru of Starbucks? Yeah, why? That's my biggest, okay, biggest fear is a little dramatic, but that is a fear that I think about sometimes. I get really scared about like sometimes making a wrong turn and then I have oncoming traffic and like I'll literally get hit by a car <laughs> coming at me. You know what I mean? Well, why was he driving the wrong way in the drive-thru if Rachel clearly went inside? She was, I bet this is what happened. He's like trying to find the drive-thru line, going the wrong way, and Rachel's like, fuck this, I'm just gonna go in. So he still yeah. was trying to find the drive-thru line, and Rachel's like already walking out with like right, their like frappuccinos. Right, like it's faster if we just go and get ourselves yeah. inside. 
Yeah. That's so funny. I did want to write back to this person and say, like, because I know she said she was pretty sure but also wasn't sure and mm-hmm. that there was something covering his, the side of his face. But, like, did you see his thumbs? Because that would be a dead giveaway. It was Matt right. if you saw right. his thumbs. Which would be easy to see if he was driving, you know. <laughs> yeah. He, he's like a 10 and 2 kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe not holding up peace signs covering the thumbs. He was probably, like, right. driving. Driving like, with the thumbs, like, up. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, like, like, people could see the way we're putting our thumbs. Yeah, Yeah, like, but, picture yourself holding the driving wheel. Well, what's it called? Oh, steering wheel. Picture yourself <laughs> holding it. It's not your day. <laughs> it's not. Things. It's not. Just for, like, life. <laughs> the driving wheel. You know, the whole talking thing is really difficult for right. me today. Picture yourself. Put your hands on your your steering wheel, and then put your thumbs up. That's probably how Matt James drives, in my head at least. So thank you for submitting that. Sorry I butchered that story. Okay, this next one's about Sean Lowe. I don't, have we ever had one about Sean Lowe? I don't think so. Okay, this person writes, I'm aging myself a little with this one. This was like a month before Sean Lowe was The Bachelor, or announced as The Bachelor. There was an event that had several Bachelor alums involved in a scavenger hunt around New York City. Towards the end, we wound up at Madison Square Park, and Sean Lowe and Graham Bunn, my ultimate bachelor crush, were there. Part of the hunt was to get a pic with the guys being all cute and wiggly and lifting you up naturally. I volunteered and now have a picture with Sean Lowe lifting me in a dirty dancing type pose that turned up in Star Magazine. I never thought Sean was super attractive on Emily's season, but he was super hot in person and so, so nice. They chatted with us for a while and were so wiggly. There so was a wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> There was a cocktail party after How Bachelor Appropriate. I unfortunately did not fulfill my dream of making Graham Bunn fall in love with me that day, but it was still a cool day. Wait, so what was the day exactly? (laughs) Like, (laughs) why were these people doing dirty dancing in Madison Square Park? It was like some kind of New York City scavenger hunt, and like, I guess Bachelor people hosted it. It was like some kind of event, I guess. Okay, okay. Weird event, but sure. Yeah. They were doing stuff from Dirty Dancing, like, so he's lifting her up. Yeah, I guess. For the scavenger yeah. hunt? It was like, find someone and do the thing? Yeah, and she asked Sean, which is cool. Oh. So she wasn't planning to, like, she didn't go there because there was an event going on. She was just doing a scavenger <laughs> hunt and then oh. just saw Sean Lowe and was like, hey, no. will you do this with me? No. <laughs> it makes no sense. No. <laughs> the batch, it was like a scavenger hunt and like the bachelor people were like hosting it, oh. I think. So she knew, like he was there. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things was like get someone to lift you up naturally. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. Good to know that Sean Lowe is strong and can lift <laughs> up a human. That's not surprising though. Like he's got muscles for days. Yeah. So that's lovely. Lovely. But why was he wiggly? I interpreted the dirty dancing aspect of this to think that they were also dancing at some point, which is <laughs> oh. how you get wiggly. <laughs> okay. But I really, I'm really very confused with this whole situation. <laughs> okay, so if you submitted this, why don't you write us back and give us some more context? Like, mm-hmm. where can we go to go to a bachelor scavenger hunt? Yeah. Are they doing another one in Madison Square Park? I'll be there. I'll go, yeah. Okay. Next one's about Thomas, Becca Kufrin's beau, Thomas. She said, you know how Thomas said he'd make a video for anyone who donates to charity? I did not know that. I don't know why that was asked (laughs) in the way that, like, I guess everyone knows that. Sure. 
She said, I donated to an animal shelter that saved my cat. Oh, and he, pre- he made a pretty long video and sent it via Insta. That's so cool. It took him a few months to get back to me and he apologized profusely. And the video was really thoughtful and tailored to the university that I teach at and my students specifically. He even called Becca in and she said, go Panthers on camera, which means he looked up our university and everything. It sounds small when I type it out and not that cool of an interaction, but it really meant a lot. My students were struggling and I include bachelor content in my anatomy class because five to 10 students watch it and the others make fun of me for watching it. The students were so excited about it and it really made for a fun, positive lecture that day. Aww. Aww. I love hearing nice stories. Yeah, it's great. Never forget when we were all like convinced to hate him randomly. When I saw that we got a nice submission about Thomas, I was like trying to think of what he even did that was that bad. The only thing he was accused of was wanting to be The Bachelor, and I'm sorry, everyone wants to be The Bachelor. And and not even necessarily wanting, just saying he had thought of the possibility that it could happen. And they were like, how dare you? Meanwhile, Andrew Spencer, who we love, Mm -hmm. has that tweet out that said, like, five years ago, he he wrote and said, I'm going to be The Bachelor. Like, do you know that? Oh, I didn't know that, but um, the boy's, I guess, well on his way. Maybe someday he'll get Yeah, that's true. So it's like, it's not that weird to have high hopes for yourself in this franchise, like dream big. Yeah, especially when you're like already on the show, like you're so close at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, this was really cool. I totally get, she's like, um, I understand this isn't that cool of an interaction. Like, I do think that's cool of an an interaction. Yeah, I do too. I think it's great. And I'm so happy that you were able to save your cat. Yeah. Animal things get me choked up. All right, well, that's all the Bachelor Encounters we have for this week. If you have a story or you know someone that has a story, please DM me at She Saw Batch and tell me all about it, and we may read it on the next episode. Okay, so I have already told you guys how much I love water bottles, and I stand by that statement. I literally probably use at least three water bottles a day, one for the gym, one to be on my nightstand for when I'm like about to go to bed drinking water, and then one to keep with me throughout the day and usually at my desk while I'm working. I got a hydro jug and I am absolutely obsessed with it and I think it's the best water bottle that I own and let me tell you why. Basically, it's the exact size of the amount of water that you're supposed to drink in a day. So I love that I just fill it up once in the beginning of the day, put a little lemon in it, have a nice little concoction, and then I have one goal for the whole day and it's just finishing this water bottle. And it's super wide on the mouth part, so it's really easy to clean. So I am able to just like clean it out really quickly at the end of the day and then use it again the next day because I've used other water bottles in the past where the mouth is really narrow. So if you're like me and you like to put lemon in your water or something else, having it be easy to clean is very important because otherwise if it's super narrow and you can't get in the nitty gritty, it gets gross. So we highly recommend Hydro Jug. You can choose from three different Hydro Jug options to hydrate with. They have their Pro Hydro Jug, there's a stainless steel or a glass hydro jug if you want to check them out and we strongly recommend you do get your hydro jug at thehydrojug.com you can use discount code batch10 for 10% off your order hydro jugs are game changers for anyone on the go again use code batch10 at thehydrojug.com for 10% off Hey guys, um, so before we get into the interview, I just kind of wanted to let you know the timing of it. So first off, 
interviews with Blake Horstman, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. It's really juicy. It was so much fun talking to him. But so we spoke to him last week before the Women Tell All and this most recent episode of The Bachelor had aired. Not really a big deal, but there are a few times where Blake will kind of be like, oh, I'd like to see in the Women Tell All, blah, when we talk about a couple of things from the current season. And so that's just letting you guys know the Women Tell All hadn't aired yet, but that's really not most of the interview. But yeah, that's the timing of it. Just to give you guys some context. All right, now enjoy. Okay, guys, we are so excited about our guest this week because you know him from Becca season, you know him from Paradise, and you may have even seen him at Stagecoach in the past. We have Blake Horstman on the pod. Thank you, Blake, for coming on. We're really excited. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I haven't been on this one yet. So yeah. It's no, and we, yeah. and we have a fellow podcaster, so you sound yes. so crystal clear. <laughs> Pros over here. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, you were from Becca season. That's where you originated in the franchise. Did you watch Ari's season prior? Uh, so I hadn't really watched too much Bachelor. Um, I had seen an episode here or there. So, cause I, I was going to school in Nebraska. I went to college in Nebraska. And so Jade's from Nebraska. So that's when everybody in Nebraska was watching it. So I kind of mm-hmm. had seen an episode or two here, but I hadn't watched any until I kind of started going through the process, through the uh, audition process to be on, um, the show that's when I tuned into Ari's season and then I was looking at all the spoilers I was like who the hell's gonna be Bachelorette like all that kind of thing so that's when I really got into it was yeah Ari's season well that was kind of our next question when you were going through the process I think up until the very end of Ari's season people were kind of thinking the Bachelorette would be Tia did you want the Bachelorette to be Becca did you would you have preferred Tia or what were you thinking during that yeah so actually no I didn't I didn't want Becca to be the bachelorette, which is kind of funny. I'm thank God it was, I love Tia. Thank God it was um, Becca. Um, But yeah, I actually either wanted it to be either Tia or I actually wanted it to be Christina Schumann. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. I would have been down for that. Yeah. That's who I asked for in the, uh, the uh, interview was Christina Schumann. Oh, interesting. Um, And Tia was my second one. So those are the two. Yeah. I would definitely want, and then, um, I don't know why. I, I think Becca just didn't jump off the screen at me, I guess, when I watched Ari's season. They didn't show a lot of her personality because her personality is great, but they didn't show a lot of it. Uh, but then mm-hmm. obviously when I started reading the spoilers and I kind of figured out what had happened there at the end with Ari and her, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's going to be the best right Oh, yeah. That's so mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. That's interesting that that you didn't want it or you wanted someone else as yeah. opposed to her, considering what yeah. a great connection you guys had. So as a contestant, Can you like give us some insight? Like what is living in the mansion? Like so many people are interested in like if someone, if Becca was on a date, what are you doing? What is everyone doing? Yeah. So in the mansion, especially it's different when you travel, but in the mansion, especially, um, I mean, obviously you're wildly bored. You're so, so, so (laughs) bored, but what happens, we call them man chats. And basically let's say Becca's on like a group date. Um, and there's like six, seven guys in the house. What they'll do is they'll be like, okay. So for my season, they'd be like, Blake, Jason, Colton, Chris, Hart, Clay, come over into this room, have a seat, let's chat. And then we'd sit down, they'd bring out the cameras and then they would ask us a question and then we'd talk amongst ourselves. Then when it died out, they'd ask us another question, we'd talk amongst ourselves. So that's going on as far as like the actual production of the show. And then otherwise you're just, honestly, you're cooking in the mansion, you're like cooking, um, you're doing dishes, uh, you're cleaning, like it's all you. So you're cleaning the house, you're doing the dishes, you're cooking all of that in the mansion. Um, and you just, you kind of just chill and it's, it, you can be, oh, you work out a lot. You work out a lot. Cause that's like all you do. So you do a lot of like, we have like push up challenges and sit up challenges and things like that. So, um, but you're very, very bored, very bored. I'm thrown by the cleaning because like, do they just provide you with Windex and give you everything you need? 
Yeah, pretty much, honestly. And and they won't like like the dishes will stack up in the sink and they will not clean. They'll be like, you guys have to clean. So that's crazy to me. Yeah, we have to clean. Another really cool thing about the mansion, at least, and it kind of when you travel a little bit, but they have a list, like a piece of paper, and you can write literally anything you want to eat on there, like or cook, and they'll bring it. So you had your fair share of one-on-one dates, but also group dates. And we're just so interested. We know you don't get a lot of time on group dates, but can you shed some light on like what exactly it is like? Like how much time do you literally get with the lead on a group date? On a group date? Yeah. Well, so, let's do both actually. Okay. And yeah, one-on-one. Yeah. So group dates, yeah, n- no time at all. Now I have, I had such a unique experience because I did have a very early connection with Becca. And I think literally like, if the, not only the production wise, but if the lead actually likes you and there's actually a connection there, you, I'm not going to sit here and act like you don't, you do get extra time. Like you will get an extra 10 minutes, which is a long time in this process. Mm-hmm. So you get an extra minute there, an extra minute here. Um, not only because the lead likes you, but because production sees a spark there and wants to, they really do want to like help it grow, you know, if you will. Mm-hmm. So you do get extra time. So for me, you know, I think I got more time than most people, but I want to say, during the day portion, like the, I don't know, like if we're playing football or like, you know, some kind of dodgeball or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you get like no time with the lead, like five minutes max. You know, she's basically on her own, doing her own thing, doing inter- interviews, whatever it is. But at night, um, 10 minutes is like the low end. And I think like people like me, like I remember when I was in Vegas, I got like 30 minutes with her on a group day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys were <laughs> so deep. mad. I know. <laughs> I came back and I sat down. They're like, where the fuck you been? You know? And I was like, I'm just doing an interview, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it depends, obviously. And then on one-on-one, you get a lot of time. You really do. You get a lot of time. The whole day itself is probably 12 to 15 hours. And I bet eight to 10 of that is spent with each other. So you get a lot. And again, like you have a great connection. Like they actually, I remember they would bribe Becca to be good to spend extra time with me. She'd be like, I'll be really good if you let me and Blake ride home in the limo together. You know, things like that. So define uh, good. Like what, like what types of things do what they say? Yeah. Um, yeah. But like what type in yeah. more of like production wise, as far as like, okay, let's stop this activity. You're moving to the next one. Like be, I guess be more like willing to, yeah, to help out with almost like the production side of things instead of being like, we're over in the corner making out when we should be over here, you know, actually like doing an activity or whatever. So I guess it's just like, or like when, when she says, Hey, you guys got a half hour and then we got to head back to the mansion or whatever. And mm. we're a half hour and they can't find us. We like ran off or something. Cause I remember Becca and me ran off a couple of times, like tried to literally outrun um, <laughs> the like production stuff. So if we're good, we get extra time together. Wait, where did you run to? <laughs> there was one time in the Bahamas, we took off running. Uh, we were outside of like our, wherever we were having dinner. Um, and it was when I told her I was, in no falling no I was in love with which one there's so many different options yeah it's crazy to think (laughs) I'm starting to think about maybe wanting to fall in love (laughs) yeah so true I it's crazy I actually think I said I was in love with her before hometowns that's like that's that's early on way early on crazy early (laughs) yeah so I was in the Bahamas and I totally love her and then we kind of came out of that and then we took off running and tried to like hide behind this bush or whatever, you know, and like get away from production, but you know, you can't, they're everywhere. Um, so yeah, there's like cool moments like that where, you know, you try and like bend the rules a little bit. So yeah, I always say like, we're not always on camera as contestants, but the lead is like anytime right. we are with the lead, they are on camera and it is recording. So you don't get any time. There was, there was a limo ride we got from 
uh where that might have been the bahamas i think they gave us a limo ride together which was like 30 minutes without cameras which is they were so oh wow that's a lot there but it was a long time yeah and then they let us hang out de-miked and everything again in the wow in the bahamas in the ocean um just kind of like you know Mm, yeah yeah. holding each other and stuff like that so we could actually have conversations that weren't mic'd up and everything and then we were like far away from production so that was cool what happened in the ocean when you were holding each other on mic. <laughs> yeah. Mostly just making out, to be honest. It wasn't mostly. Mostly. Okay. But um, otherwise, yeah, you're always mic'd up. And even if the camera's not on, they're still recording your mic. So they'll catch like, yeah, little like sound bites from you. Is so. that like from when you wake up to when you go to sleep? Yeah. Like the moment you wake up, if you go down to cook breakfast and you're not mic'd, they'll stop you. You have to go get mic before you come down for breakfast. Yeah. And then what about when you go to the bathroom? Uh, yeah, mic'd. Mike'd. Wow. Always mic. Awkward. Yeah. Always. always <laughs> What's like the um, interview process like for the ITMs and stuff? Because I've heard rumors that, you know, people have stay in the room for hours trying to get the right soundbite. Or did you ever have an experience like that? Yeah. Especially Paradise. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. ITMs we'll get to be, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ITMs can be very fun uh, at times because you're excited about the connection you have. You're excited about the kiss you just had with her or whatever, you know, the experience you just shared, the conversation you just had. So you like run back to your, I call them literally the therapist. You run back to your producers, a therapist, and you like spill your guts and you're just so excited or, or the opposite. You're really sad and you're spilling your guts to your producer, but you really do become incredibly close with your producer. You really, really do to the point where like you're telling them secrets that you've never told anybody before, you know, and you don't think it's a big deal because you've in a way, it is a brainwash in a sense, but it's less a brainwash because of the producers, but just the environment in general, because everybody is opening up. Like it's and especially for men. Like if you see another man open up and it's like, oh, I can open up, you know? And so it's mm-hmm. like, it's just the environment in general um, really gets you to say things that you would never, ever say in real life, ever. <laughs> Regarding the ITMs though, getting certain sound bites, like ha- did you experience a producer trying to get you to say a specific line so sometimes they'll ask a question you'll answer it um but they'll have you answer it in a different way like that does happen so i guess maybe they could you could say that they wanted yeah a, you know a soundbite in a different way but you still said it you know uh, right. but i never had anything where they were like we need you to say this or at least we're getting there and then you say it and they're like finally yeah. like cut no it's not i never had that experience before. the situation that i know so a previous contestant um told I got wind of this information. It's like a friend of a friend, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a previous contestant, he was in ITMs and they would ask him a question. He'd answer it. They'd ask it in a different way. He'd answer it. And then they'd ask him again in a different way. And he's like, what is it that you want me to say? Like, what is the phrase? Cause you're clearly looking for a phrase for mm-hmm. me to say to fit your narrative somehow. So he, that's why we're asking that. I mean, <sighs> I have heard that, heard of yeah. that. And the producers are very good at asking the same question in different ways. You'll even catch them like, yeah, like, like they'll ask you a question. They'll be like, hmm, let's see. And then they'll just ask it in a different way kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely do want certain things, especially from like people who are like, I think Shanae is a good example. Of that. Like, I, I'm excited to hear her side of thing now. I think she said some terrible, horrible things and was pretty mm-hmm. bad on this season, but I'm excited. I'm like excited to see what she has to say and like, Cause I know that there were some things where I was like, I can't believe she said that, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. she probably sat in that ATM for two hours, you know, until she was finally like, you know, just beaten and, you know, down. and was just like, I'm just going to say it, get out of here kind of things. So. I've heard that they would keep you in the room and wouldn't let you go until they gave you, you gave them what they wanted. Is so I've heard that too. I don't know if that's okay. true. I don't think they can listen. 
uh, they can't be like handcuffed you to, to chair kind of thing. But yeah, mm. they, they do have all the power. Like they do in those moments and you feel like they do. And, and most people that go on the show are good people and they don't like upsetting people. They don't like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, you know, they don't want to like rock the boat kind of yeah. thing. So like they will do if they ask me to stay for the next, you know, 30 more minutes or whatever. Like there was times in paradise when you're not, they don't let you pee or even in bachelor, they don't let you pee when you have to pee. So they're Wait, like, why? because logistically, like if cameras are around or if Becca's about to come in, or if there's like, somebody's about to come down the stairs and you would have ran in front of the camera. So like, oh, I remember in paradise. Oh. Yeah. I, I, there was like a moment where I, they didn't let me pee for like an hour. And, but like, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, of course I could have been like, fuck you. I'm going to pee. But like, I did it. You know what I mean? It was more of like, you don't want to piss them off because they control everything. They have the power to make you look like an asshole. So like, it was like, as easy as it is for people to be like, well, geez, I would never do what the producers tell me kind of mm. thing. Like in that environment, you kind of do, you know? Easier said than done. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So on Becca's season, you obviously had one of the strongest connections. She chose someone else. Do you think if she had chosen you, your situation would have been different? Like, would you have, would you still be together today if Becca had chosen you? You know, that's obviously very, very hard to um, answer. Um, we had a great connection. Like I, I know we did when we were, when we were on the show. Um, and you know, I, you know, that's one of the what ifs, you know, that I think maybe, I mean, now she's got a boyfriend, she's super happy and everything, but like, yeah, you, you never know, you know, I think we had a great connection, but I thought she had a great connection with Garrett too. So like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought they were going to, I, I don't think there was any way they were going to break up. So yeah, you just never know. Did you ever really give it a shot with Becca after she broke up with Garrett? No, no. We never really, really dated or anything like that. We chatted, we hung out, those kinds of things. But no, it was never like, let's do this kind of thing. No. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Reconnecting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you saw her connection with Garrett on TV, did it help you kind of heal? Or was it worse because you also had just as strong of a connection on TV? Um, I don't think I'd say it helped me heal. I guess it helped me like kind of understand and comprehend Mm -hmm. in a sense of like, cause yeah, you obviously don't get to see any of that when you're filming. Um, and I know we had a good connection and great connection. So seeing her, yeah, like it was like, oh, I guess I get it in a sense. But the real moment for me, like the healing moment, if you will, was after the final rose, not when I talked to her, like that didn't really give me any closure to be completely honest. Like most of that is just, you try to say the right things, you know, like it's not actual closer. Very rarely do you get actual close from that. Mine was when I saw them together on that couch, then it was like, okay, they're both super, super happy together. Time to close the book, close that chapter onto the next. So that was kind of the closure moment for me. Okay. So did you guys not become friends again until after her and Garrett broke up or were you friends throughout? We were friends. Like we never, I think, and I think I'm going to have a lot to say about this woman till all I think in this, even maybe after the final rose, but I think it's ridiculous when contestants go after the lead. I think the lead, they don't understand how hard that role is to do. They, they're getting two to three hours of sleep They're They don't want to hurt people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't want that. Like, yes, they're being completely open to the experience and they're dating all these people and trying to compartmentalize certain relationships. It's incredibly difficult mentally, physically, all of the above. So I always think it's ridiculous. Like all these girls coming at Clayton, like, yeah, I think it's a joke. And I think it shows... Like, I, I don't think that should be the case because it's very hard to be the lead in this in this franchise. Um, so I never, ever would say me and Becca were not friends. Like, I wouldn't say that, but I think it was just an understanding, like, she's in a relationship, yeah. you know? And, like, obviously, we had a good connection. So it was just kind of like, 
Respect. You know, separate ways. But when we would do events together or appearances together, we were always very friendly. I was very friendly with Garrett. Um, so yeah, we just had like a understanding and like an acquaintance and then became, I guess, better friends. Yeah. Um, after they broke up. Yeah. Speaking of being the lead, they asked you to be the bachelor, right? Uh, I signed a contract. I did. I signed. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I signed the con. I was the first one to do the interview process and all of that. I got off my season and literally by the time I got, I think it was the third episode of my season. They flew me out to LA to do the interview and everything. Oh, wow. So I was still hurting pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and I think that might've been a reason they didn't, I mean, I said, I don't think they would have ever passed up on like a good looking white football player who's a virgin. I don't think they would have passed up <laughs> on that, but maybe had I been interviewed later, I think I would have been a little bit more open to the idea in the interviews and stuff like that. Not that I wasn't, but like, I was still very much hurting um, from being dumped um but yeah signed the contract and everything and we had a really unique experience because me colton and jason were super close and we were all up for the bachelor i thought jason was gonna be a bachelor jason thought i was gonna no jason thought colton was gonna be the bachelor colton thought i was gonna be the bachelor so it was like just weird like we <laughs> none so of us thought to be ourselves yeah and we would literally anytime we had like an interview or a conversation we would just hit our text message be like yo I just talked to blah, 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 blah. We talked about this. And Jason's like, I talked to him yesterday. Or like, I remember a bunch of our friends and family were getting phone calls for like interviews or um, like background checks. And so we were like exchanged, like what was asked and stuff, mm-hmm. funny things like that. So finally the producers were kind of like, screw it. And they threw us all in to a group chat with the producers, with like oh my guys, Rob Mills and all of us, um, just because they were like, if you guys are going to tell, let's just keep everything very transparent. And so I remember I got a text message on Labor Day weekend, like that, maybe that Sunday. So I think he was announced Monday and they were like that morning, Sunday morning, they were like, Hey, we've made a decision. Um, we'll call you each individually and got a call. And they were like, Hey, like, you know, we decided to go with Colton. Um, obviously nothing to do with you. We would have loved to work with you, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, that's kind of how it went. So did you all have contracts then at that point? And then two of you got them ripped out from under yeah, you? Yeah, pretty much. I'm pretty okay. sure Jason also signed a contract. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. How does okay. that work with like the one-sided, like, because you're signing a contract. So you're like agreeing to all their terms, but then their terms are just like, we could totally drop you last minute. Like, how does that even, I understand that that's literally probably written in, but like, how do they get away with? They could get, they could literally get away with murder. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like literally, um, it's crazy. The power they have, and that's why in a weird way, I mean, it's, it's evil genius, you know, because they're not, so they're making a television show. They're not paying anybody. You know what I mean? They're not paying mm-hmm. any of the contestants. They're barely paying the lead. Um, they get paid by cities to come and film. So like- I just learned that recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the profit and countries, countries will pay them to come there. So oh, like that's the insane. profit okay. margin, I mean, they spend no money. I mean, they do obviously like camera, like paying, you know, employees. Sure. Yeah. Things like that. But like, otherwise that's like all they pay. So it's this evil genius and they know we can't fight back. Like, like I think Luke Pell, I think he tried to like do something to the contract and they told him to fuck off. Like we have zero, zero power. It even says in there, they can literally ruin our lives. They can make <laughs> us look any way they want. They can put any kind of words in our mouth that they want. They can edit us in any way and we can't do anything about it. But if we were to fight back, then we're out. You know what I mean? So it's like, you have to play their game if you want, you know, and it's hard. It's very, very hard. I've had people look at the like actual lawyers and like other people look at the contract and like, you signed this? (laughs) Like what? You know, so it's pretty crazy, those contracts. Why do you sign it? Like, why did you? 
I was such a believer in the process and in the show okay. and in the producers. And I was just like, yeah, I was just innocent, <laughs> such an innocent, naive person. So I was all for it. And I think, I think that moment was when I kind of lost my faith in this franchise, not because I wasn't picked as the bachelor. Cause that's not the reason. Cause I get asked like, were you mad when Colton's picked as the bachelor? I was like, no. And I wasn't even surprised. You know what I mean? I wasn't like shocked. Um, it was more of the sense that me and me and Jason went in being like, in our interviews and me, especially Jason's a lot more business minded than me, but me especially was like, I just want to fall in love. You know, I was just like, I just want to find my wife. And I was just like, like, you know, so into it. And I was like, you know, Mike Fleiss, you created this incredible thing where people, they're little human beings created like children created because of you and the show and like all this. And Colton went in, like, if you want a love story, you're going to pick Blake and Jason. But if you want high ratings, if you want a crazy story, if you want drama, you're going to pick me. And he they said that, me. or you yeah. think that's, well, he said that he's been very open about it. Jason's been very open about it. Jason talks about it in his book that's coming out soon. Like Colton went in there completely business mind, completely mm. business. He's talked about it in, in interviews and podcasts where I didn't, I went in more for like the love. And I think I'm glad I did that. But I think that was me where I was like, oh, like this show isn't about everything that everybody's been telling me it's about. And the producers like brainwashed me to think. So it was just a big moment for me where it was like, oh, I'm going to go make fucking money then. Like, I'm going to go try and do what I can. Like, it's like, they can be business-minded, but we're not allowed to be, you know? Yeah. And so it mm -hmm. was very, it was like as an eye opener for me. It was like, okay, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not the bachelor. I'm going to go do what I can with this platform. Yeah, so much so that I feel like even now they start like, punishing people for being like business minded about it. Like you go on paradise and you say a yeah. whisper of followers and like the show will turn on you and, and give you a horrible edit. It's um, ridiculous. Yeah. And like, they, they openly producers openly, and I've talked about this a little bit, but like they openly hate that we make more money than like, because they feel like they made us. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like they, created yeah, us. that makes sense. And then we go out and make four or five 10 times, you know, some of these people more money than they are. And yeah, it pisses them off and it pisses off, you know, like some of the, even the executive you know, EPs um, that we can go out and make this money. And yeah, so that upsets them and they, they try and bury you on the show if they feel like, and I don't want to say that happens a lot. Like we talk followers and all that a lot, mm -hmm. like this Brandon thing that happened, like that, not to that extreme, that conversation doesn't have, but like conversations like that happen a lot on the beach right. and, you know, yeah. So mm -hmm. I want to touch on money while we're talking about money, because our, our listeners love like that insight. I heard that you were offered a hundred grand to be the bachelor. And so was Colton and, and Jason. Is that true? Yep. That was the, that hundred K, you know, which is ridiculous to think how much money they're pulling. Right. But again, you can't negotiate, you know? So, cause yeah. they'll just go on to the next person. They'll be like, Oh, you're going to negotiate. We're going to take Jason for a hundred K. So yeah, it was a hundred K <laughs> to be the bachelor. Um, and then as far as like paradise and everything, you get paid by the day in paradise. Um, Your rate again, was higher than everyone else's, wasn't it? Yeah. My, my, yeah, my rate was pretty high going into the, to paradise. I don't want to say it was like way higher, but let's, I want to say it was like, I think I was getting like 800 a day. Okay. Maybe. Who was that like, Jackie? Is that, that's a, that's, isn't that what Chad said he was I was going to say, is that Chad? But that was a few seasons before. And he's like, that was a record at the time, but yep. I'm sure yeah, obviously now like, lots of people are making that. Wait, we had Chad like a while ago on and he's like, yeah, I made $800 a day. And I'm like, but wasn't it just one day? And he's like, yeah, I got $800. <laughs> and some people will, so Colton did negotiate because they wanted him on paradise so bad after yeah. Becca's season, remember he went down there? Mm -hmm. He actually got, cause he knew, I think he knew he wasn't gonna be down there very long. He just went down there to be the bachelor, like to try and get a bachelor edit. He, <laughs> he actually negotiated, I think he negotiated like a flat fee of like 10K. 
he was like, you can keep oh, me wow. down there, but like, I, I want a flat fee of 10K if I'm down there for a day or if I'm down there for That's days. why he like kept trying to break. Well, I mean, there may be other reasons why, but like he was trying to break up with Tia over and over because he's like, dude, I'm getting this money regardless. Yeah, no I'm what. out. <laughs> I don't need to be like bathing with crabs and like all yeah. the shit you guys go through. And people are like, that's a free vacation. I'm like, it's not a vacation. <laughs> like, It's hot. There's monkeys, snakes, spiders in your bed. There's no air conditioning. You're, you know, it's high anxiety, high. It's not a vacation. Like people oh think that's Oh my gosh. Not. Yeah. Well, let's move over to paradise. It's a good yeah. segue. Yeah. Can we talk about for, before paradise though? Can we talk about the stagecoach era to get a sense of what oh, we yes. were coming into? Cause I, I'm sure <laughs> <Stage> you could <laughs> the stagecoach era. Yeah. So my understanding of it was you and Kaylin had been talking for a little bit after your season that kind of dropped off met up in stagecoach, hooked up. You and Christina were friends, were in stagecoach, having a good time, also hooked up. And was that the status of your relationships going into it? So kind of. The only thing that's different is me and Christina actually dated. Right. Uh, No, I didn't know that. Yeah, she met my family. We hung out for about three months. We met my family a couple of times. So we were like dating probably like November of 2018 to like, no, no, no. I don't know. Anyway, the, the <laughs> last two months mm-hmm. of 18 into like January of 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had actually hung out, dated, you know, we had like tried it. Um, I had never, we never really like two feet in tried it kind of thing, you know? Um, but like we had given it a shot and everything. Um, and Chris or Kayla and I had kind of started chatting like Colt. I'll never forget. I went hung out with Colton after a season, obviously, of course, it's like, do you like any of the girls for me? You know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And it was funny because he said, Kalen, I, part of me, bl- I mean, I'm joking here, but part of me blames Colton for everything because <laughs> he, Kaylin, if you remember correctly, Kalen and Cassie were like inseparable. Oh yeah. They were like yeah. best. And he literally was like, dude, you got to get Kalen away from Cassie. Like we can't have any alone time together. Like she is always there. And oh, that's wow. why he lit. Yeah. He literally was like, Kalen meet Blake, Blake meet Kalen. Cause he was like to get her away. So it was like us oh talking. Yeah, yeah. So that's why literally why he introduced me and Kalen. It wasn't even like you two would get along really well. No, he was just like, get Kalen away from Cassie. They won't leave each other alone, you know? So, um, that was why I first started talking to Kalen. Um, mm-hmm. and we had chatted, we had, you know, like, yeah, DM'd, um, texted things like that. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of, it fizzled out for, honestly, I don't even remember the re- I think part of it was her whole thing on, um, women tell all like I think that kind of was like a shocker to me because like I don't know seeing her cry the way she did about Cole and she's now admitted openly on a podcast that like she was yeah to be the bachelorette but that was like a bit of a like whoa like you feel that way about Colton still even though we like all hang out and talk together like that's weird Mm -hmm. you know um and so it kind of fizzled out around there um we didn't talk for a long time maybe like I don't know six weeks eight weeks Stagecoach comes around and I'll never forget Col- I knew everybody was going to be there. Like that wasn't a shocker, but I remember Colton was like, Hey dude. So like, is it okay if like Kaylin stays at our house with us? And I was like, no, like, that's not okay. I don't want to start these rumors. That's just not a good look for me and us in paradise. And he was like, okay. I was like, don't worry about it. You don't need to say it. I'll text her. So I texted Kaylin and I was like, Hey, listen, like, I like you, but like, I don't think it's a good idea if you stayed at the house. And she was pissed, very angry at me. And she was like, whatever. And she ended up staying at like the guest house or something like the actual brand guest house um, in, <laughs> in stagecoach and which is cool, fine, whatever. But obviously she was at our house all the time because Cassie was staying with us and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't and leave yeah. her alone apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, Friday nights, 
yeah, Christina. Um, okay, I think we actually dropped her off at her place because we were. I had a ride, and we then I went back to my house and we texted, and she was like, "Should I come over?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea." You know, paradise is like very close, and her exact words were, "I'm a woman and I have needs," and I was like, "Okay, all right. Like if you're <laughs> if that's the mind frame you're in, then come on over. Like you know, we'll." And it was a complete like like who hasn't hooked up with an ex you know what i mean like it was a sure yeah like yeah it was there was no like relationship there there was no wait this sorry there. this is christina or kaylin this is christina okay yeah so okay. there was never any like we're gonna date after this or there's more to this never right was it was like exes hooking up like who has and, you know and just mm-hmm. clarifying you're saying it would be a bad look for kaylin to be in the house or for christina to come over because you didn't want to be spotted with either of them because you knew you were going to paradise mm-hmm. like and why was it a bad be- look yeah because I knew I was gonna be in paradise. I knew they were in paradise. I knew the internet would start talking. Christina. Yeah, like, that was gonna be part of my question. Is like, why did you and Kaylin like agree, quote unquote, to keep it private? It's for that reason you didn't yeah, want to go just, into paradise connected, kind of. Yeah, because I think you know, obviously, even the slightest things like you're seen with yeah. somebody you're in a relationship. So it was, uh, it was, this, it was this after party called Neon Carnival, and a buddy of mine was DJing. And I had like the big table, I had the table, like Gronkowski was at my table, Sam Hunt was at my table, like all of these people. And then like all of Colton's cast, like all <laughs> of Colton's cast was at my table. And it was like, Kaylin was standing next to me and Tasha was standing. And everybody thinks, I mean, and I know like there's some fan favorites here that I'm about to talk about, but like everybody has a business mind frame, guys. So you can believe that like they're going in for like genuine connections. And to a degree there are, but they very much care that I had the mo- I would have had the most followers, the most popular guy going into paradise. 100%, I was like top of everybody's list, not because they thought we'd get along. It was because I had the most followers and I had the most clout. Not because you're cute. Unquote. Not because I'm cute. No, <laughs> no, not at all. It was because I had the most clout. Clout goes goes a long way in this you know, in this franchise. So, oh of course. like Dude, I'm like was- <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> I love it. I'm a little too honest sometimes. But yeah, are you drunk? I'm just gonna, <laughs> this is me sober. I know. Nice. But yeah, like, you know, Tasha was like trying, you know, was like flirting with me and Kaylin and like all these. Actually, the person I probably talked to the most that night was Kerpa. Like, I was just like, you we know, we had like, her, love her. Yeah, Kerpa's great. And so it wasn't like I was like out there like playing and was like, oh, I'm gonna have sex with her. Like, it wasn't mm. like that. Um, but yeah, and then I got back to my house. Like, it was literally like four in the morning, three, four in the morning. Me and Kaylin start texting. She's like, I'm gonna come over. You saw the text. It was like, no, no, no. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I was innocent. You know, I did end up saying yes at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It was stupid. And I did think it was a big mistake not to sleep necessarily with her, but just like to sleep with anybody from the franchise going to paradise. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. knew it was, it was stupid and everything. And I like, I didn't want to lead her on. And I wish I would have actually said it. And I almost did. I remember I almost text her and be like, I don't want to lead you on, but I know I would have looked like a fucking cocky asshole. And mm. she would have called me out on it and been like, oh, you're such a cocky dick. You know what I mean? But like, that's what I want. I didn't want to lead her on like that. And, and that was understood. Like she also, like, as you saw, like it was just sex, nothing more, nothing less. Like there mm-hmm. was no talk of like anything after that. The next morning, like we were all hanging out. It was not a big deal. The next day we hung out, it was not a big deal. Like, so I think where uh, the shocker was that we were friends. Like we were friends. I'll never forget when about a week before paradise, it got out. Like other people started to know that I, we had hooked up me and Caitlin and she called me having a complete panic attack, like a complete break. Actually, I texted her. It was like, Hey, people know that we hooked up. And she called me like hyperventilating, like having a breakdown. It was like, Oh my God. And I was also, ha- I'm not gonna say I was also having a breakdown. Like I was also hyperventilating. And 
So it was just, it was shocking to me how it played out on the beach because I'll never forget. I called her like three days before we left, like two days before we left to check in and be like, are you okay? Like, I know you were having trouble with this. Like, I was like, everything's going to be okay. Like, who cares? It's not a big deal. And she's like, you're right. And I was like, if people want to talk about it, if we're asked, we'll just be honest. Like, but if it doesn't come up, then we don't talk about it. And I was like trying to calm her down, going down there. And then all of a sudden it flips completely. And I'm like this monster, you know, down on the beach. And I like played her and I ghosted her and I used her and I silenced her and like all of these things. And so watching it, like when it was happening, filming, I didn't know any of that was happening. I didn't know she was saying any of those things. How much of that do you think was editing versus what she was actually saying? So I think the one, I think, so I haven't watched it back because I get I have too much PTSD and I get too yeah, that's fair. But I remember yeah. while watching it, I think there was one time I was like, oh, I think that was edited. And that was when she said, I sweet talked her into bed. I think she did say that at some point. Like, I don't know. She could have been saying Dean sweet talked her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't know. But they did. I think that was clipped in there was like, he sweet talked me into bed. Um, but I think people forget, like, especially now it's been damn near three years. How like the thing she actually said about me that I treat, like, I remember she said, I treat women like garbage. No, it's fucked up. Yeah. And that I don't like some of the things she was saying was just so overboard. And especially the, the, like I said, I didn't know she was saying these things. She was saying them in interviews and she was saying them Mm -hmm. to people on the beach. She never said any of this to me because I would have obviously stood up for myself and been like, wait, what? Um, But the biggest thing that really drove me to do what I did to stand up for myself and defend myself was the silencing part, because that was just, it almost made me look like like a sexual predator and I was getting attacked by like the me too movement and like all of that and that was so far from the truth of me silencing her that that was when I felt like I couldn't like I had to fight back Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget like I thought I remember talking to people because I think I had been home like two weeks because it's six weeks from filming to air and I was Mm -hmm. home for like two three weeks and I literally was like I didn't leave bed like for six weeks leading up to the premiere but um I started I think I think I was talking to Demi maybe or somebody and they were like yeah she told me you silenced her and I was like what and I was like no 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 no. that like what like because I know I was gonna get attacked for that so I started calling everybody and I remember talking to Jordan Kimball and he was like yeah yeah she was saying that but he's like they would never air that man like that's too far they would never actually air that and not only did they air it a little bit but like they aired it multiple times you know Mm -hmm. and so it was just I was just between that you know Kaylin and the show it was like I was helpless and hopeless and I was like I got to defend myself and so that's when I decided and that people think that like releasing those text messages was like an easy decision it's one of the hardest decisions I've ever made I was stripped down to my underwear all laying outside on my deck breathing into a paper bag after I like because I was having such a bad panic attack and so like it was one of the hardest decisions of my life I was yelling for my mom to call an ambulance because I couldn't breathe and like Mm -hmm. it was the hardest thing I've ever done um, so I don't want people to think like I was, it was like this, yeah. uh, like smite, like I was like, I'm going to get back at her. Cause that wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, it was a decision that I, I stand by and I, 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 I don't regret. Did you ever talk to her and ask her why she said those things? Yeah, that's a good question. So I wanted to, so <laughs> we'll talk about the reunion because. Okay. Oh my God. I, <laughs> yeah. I went into, it was, the reunion was shocking for me too, because I really did think I was going to go into the reunion and get some apologies um maybe a little bit from Kaylin but more than like from some of the other cast members because they said some pretty terrible things about me on the beach um and they all apologized to me privately privately they all apologized to me but publicly uh, so they didn't and they wouldn't um and so that was very frustrating I thought I was going to get in come in there and like sit down and be like 
you know, I get like, I think Demi called me like a turd that won't flush or something like that. And like, I think Tasha said some mean things about me and, but it was the opposite. Like they came at me. Like, I think Annalise, no, Onyeka told me like, go fuck myself. And like, Annalise told me I'm not a man. Like, Wait, just, I'm just laughing because it's like so random. Like, yeah. Onyeka, what do you have to do? With I know. Music? Well, there's always those people in the reunions trying to get that. <laughs> no, of course. You know? I know. I know. It's just but funny. Think, yeah, Annalise called, didn't call, said I wasn't a man. And like, I should be a man. I just accept. I shouldn't have released text messages. Even if she lied, I just accept it because I'm a man. And I was like, what? Like, that's the most sexist thing I've ever heard. But <laughs> So going into the, the reunion, I was pretty shocked standing up there because that's literally the question I wanted to ask was like, why? Like, Caitlin, mm-hmm. we were friends. Like, why, you know? Um, but I can't remember how Chris Harrison led into it because he asked me this question and it, it wasn't even a question, it was a statement. It was like, <laughs> it wasn't like, do you regret? Well, at least it was like, how much do you regret? Or something like that. Like he like attacked me almost where it was like, Cause he was so far, like I shouldn't release tech. Obviously he works for the show, you know? Um, so it was like this weird thing where I found myself defending myself. And then I think people saw the opportunity to like jump on me because I was automatically on the defensive. Um, but yeah, no, I never got the answer. I never, I've never gotten the answer. And I, people, I think, I think she did answer a little bit. I think she said she exaggerated quote unquote things. And she felt like I was ignoring her when she got to the beach, but that's just not true. She started talking shit at the top of the stairs to Chris mm-hmm. about me. And she did the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast about a week before the premiere of the show. And they didn't air it. It was riddled with so many lies. So like, it wasn't because of that moment. You know, um, I just think, and listen, I don't think Kaylin's a bad person. I don't. I think the environment got the best of her. The production got her really good. I've heard some of the things they did to her down there. They isolated her like crazy like you wouldn't even know Kaylin was down there. Anytime she came over to us, they'd take her away, poke her like a bear. They'd poke her, poke her, poke her until finally she blew up on me. So I think she has, it's a 50-50 thing. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to sit here saying like I'm innocent, obviously. But like, I just think she did a bad thing. Kaylin is not a bad person. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't think we'll ever be friends. Um, but like, I have forgiven her, you know? And I like, we're acquaintances. We were at Ben Higgins' wedding and like, we were fine. You know what I mean? But in that moment, I was very, very angry with everybody and everything. And I was just frustrated and stuff. The reason I don't think me and Kaylin could ever be friends, friends, you know what I mean? Is because like, I don't trust her. Like you don't want to be friends with somebody you can't trust. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, again, I've forgotten, I've forgiven, but I'll never forget. You know what I mean? And I think most people agree that Kaylin, what Kaylin did was wrong, right? I think most people agree, like, even if it was like, she was angry at me, whatever, like the way she went about thing was wrong. And even if you don't believe she straight up lied or exaggerated, quote unquote, like she called it. So if you think Kaylin was wrong, you wouldn't know she was in the wrong unless I released the text. Exactly. Message. So it's like, how right. can you say she's wrong, but then say I should have released a text message? Right. You know, that's like how I always right. defend. It. Like I can understand the view of her not wanting those text messages to be public, but you, the only way you had to clear your name was doing that. Like had you just released an Instagram story saying it, like people were like, okay, shut up. Like, yeah. You know, no one would have believed you and no one would have taken it seriously. Again, I felt so helpless and hopeless. And I did reach out and ask people for advice. And like, it was 50-50, like half the people were like- Who told you yes and who told you no? I mean, I don't want to say <laughs> names. Okay, um, fine. Nobody really, so the, okay. And even there were a few people who said no, but then I sent them the text message and they were like, oh yeah, like you have to release these. Like, cause I'm sure they thought it was just gonna be a simple, like, you know, like you can't really tell if she lied or not. Um, but then like they read the text and they're like, oh man, like, yeah, you do have to release these kind of things. So did you talk to Kaylin on the phone? Like right before you released them? Is that what they said in, in the reunion? So to a degree, I, no. talked, I talked to Dean, um, oh, okay. Dean called me 
and tried to get me not to release. But it's so funny because I had tried to talk to Caitlin for a long time before it was released. Um, and I talked to her, I think, like three weeks before when I heard the silencing part. And then I actually watched the first two episodes. And I texted her on like Saturday. I was like, we need to talk. Didn't hear from her, didn't hear from her, didn't hear from her. Because I'm sure she watched the episode too. And she was like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> and then I got a call about two hours before I was releasing the text message. Because I think word got around that I was going to release them because I had sent them to certain mm. people. And I got a call from Dean in a text um, saying, all of a sudden it was like, let's go do a live. And like, let's say that let's go us against production and that they edited it and like that kind of thing. And I was like that, no, because I know that you'll say you're going to do it. And then you won't. I think, and I think some people are like, you'll get your word at the reunion. I'm like, no, no. Like, that's no, because they have final work. say of yeah, what exactly, gets aired. What the edit is. Exactly. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to wait until the reunion, you know, I'll be buried. I'd be, I was losing, I lost 60,000 followers in the first two episodes and then I dropped the text message and I gained almost 200,000 in two hours like it was like yeah <laughs> so like I was like no I'm not gonna sit here and like let you like run with this narrative and let the show run with this narrative like I'm not gonna do it um yeah so we did talk right before but it was honestly too little too late like it was like you had a chance and you know it was that kind of thing I do think in that moment again I bet the producers were poking her and being like Blake's look at Blake with all those girls. Like he's such a- I was gonna shit, say, yeah, you know? I yeah. have a theory on this. I yeah. think that, I mean, I think you've probably, you made it very clear. You weren't really interested in her in that way. And I think she liked you more and was kind of like upset and jealous and disappointed that we come down to the beach and you're interested in all these other people and she's not getting any sort of- Yeah, exactly, attention. exactly. If it was, and this is again, like why I say it's like 50-50, like production in her, because I think- she would have, I think she might have, would have just come up to me and talked to me about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the producers would not let her. And I think maybe she would have handled it a little bit more, especially like what I've seen now of her, like post-show and everything with her and Dean. Like, again, I think she's a good person. I just think, I think she would have come up to me and maybe tried to like actually have a conversation with me. But the buildup, it was honestly, it was like so perfectly paid by production. It was like, I went on those two dates to start, you know, and mm. then she's like back at the villa, like crying and being all upset. And then I get back and I just like pull her aside to talk to her. And all of a sudden I get this like volcanic eruption, volcanic eruption of all of her mm -hmm. emotions that she's been building up for days. Cause they had her three days in quarantine or in isolation Watch too, it. you know, in the hotel where they're just poking her. So right. it's just, yeah. And not only like her reaction and everything, but also like, the pee thing that I talked about, like, I don't know if you've heard this story, but like I had to pee mm -hmm. really bad. They waited for me an hour. I ran to the bathroom to pee and they filmed me and then they aired it, me running away from Kaylin when she came down the stairs and they dubbed <laughs> words over me being like, oh no, fuck, she's here. Yeah, and I've like, heard yeah. that before, but it's nice to hear the comments. Wait, what, what scene is this? That's, so you yeah. had to pee and you're running away and they made it look like you were running away from Kaylin. Yeah, when so Kaylin I, comes down on the beach. Yeah, yeah I, I just watched this intro? today. So. Oh, I need, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm watching this today, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. so when she comes down for the first time, you're saying, right? Yeah. So okay. I had to pee. So again, logistically, especially <laughs> that first day, logistically, there's so many cameras, so many people everywhere. So you, I, not the first day I do understand why you can't necessarily pee whenever you want, because there's so many cameras and you never know when somebody's walking down the stairs. Mm. So I had to pee really bad. And I was like sitting there and I was like, you know, Oh my God. I'm gonna and finally they were like, you can pee Blake. And I was like, Oh, thank God. And I like ran to the bathroom, but somebody was in it. So I was pacing. And then, yeah, that was hours, hours before Kaylin came down the stairs. And then when it aired, they showed Kaylin coming down the stairs, me quote unquote, seeing her and running away and then pacing being like, oh, fuck. Oh, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I, I, you could see me grab myself because I have to be so bad <laughs> in the video. Oh, yeah. God. So that's an example of like the power of the editing and everything like that. 
Yeah. One more thing. This is Paradise Adjacent. What happened when you flew down to Alabama to see Hannah G? Was she the person you intended to like date in Paradise? Oh, wow. I almost forgot that happened. Like, it's so crazy to think because of all of that, that was almost like a tiny little right. um, storyline. Yeah. So I wanted to tell Hannah G before we got to the beach about all that. I wanted to tell her about Christina and Caitlin because I knew that if I got down to that beach, who knows the way it would play out. And mm-hmm. so I flew to Alabama. I was literally there for 12 hours. No, we did not sleep together. We kissed, like kissed. I wouldn't even know if I'd call it a makeout. We like kissed, but it was like, yeah, exactly. It was like one of those. Um, but yeah, I just went down there to tell her and to open up about her. And yeah, I, she was who I wanted, was interested in. Um, we had talked mm-hmm. and I, we had had a, you know, a good connection and everything I thought. Um, but yeah, I'd made some very big mistakes with that um, in paradise as far as like taking Tasha on that first. I love Tasha, but like taking Tasha on that first date and then going on the date with Christina. Like, yeah. And her and Dylan are great together. But like, Should I'm, you have taken I, Hannah, you mean? If I could go back, I mean, obviously it's hard to say that now because her and Dylan are literally soulmates. But like, yeah, if I, if like there was something that I, and I always say like, the craziest part about my edit, if you will, in paradise is like, I did nothing wrong on camera. You know what I mean? Like they took my entire <laughs> narrative and created it and put it on camera and put it down on that beach. So the worst, I would say the worst thing I did was take Tasha on that first date. And that's like, if that's the worst thing I did on camera, it's yeah. crazy to think how terrible I looked, you know, right. cause it was all hearsay. And like so, you were villainized, like you were the villain. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's crazy. Like, to, like it was all just from people talking. Yeah. It's crazy to think like nothing was actually said. I didn't say or do anything wrong on camera. It's pretty crazy. Well, insane. Yeah. Paradise. Again, I want to good... specify real quick. Yeah. Obviously I made like, I'm not going to sit here and blame everybody for everything. I made some mistakes. I wish okay. I hadn't, I wish I could have gone back and done some things differently. And like, I don't think he owns monster or Christina or whoever else. I think some of the producers are monsters, but like, I don't think <laughs> the contestants are. Uh, yes. so yeah. I just want to end it. Yeah. So paradise is a good show, but you know what other show I really like? What's that? Yeah, uh, Netflix. What is that show? Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever watched Love is Blind, Blake? I actually have not actually oh. watched it. I have not Interesting. I like yeah. season one. <laughs> who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite character? Nick Lachey. <laughs> oh, obviously, Nick Lachey. What is up with that? That he's like, and I'm Nick Lachey. Obviously, like, why is that a thing? Do you know what I'm talking I've about? I've honestly never watched the show. So oh, do you know, know Jackie? I really like, what do you mean? Like him coming on and saying he's Nick Lachey? No, no, no. What's weird also, about that? No, no, no. On season one, he comes out and he, I think he says like, and I'm obviously Nick Lachey, and it became like a meme because people were like, why are you obviously like? It's like whatever. Right, so in the second uh, one, I, I appreciated he came down and he's like, and I'm Nick Lachey obviously oh, like oh, he like cool. yeah, yeah it was yeah. it was cute i just that's pretty funny. That's funny so you it's rumored that you are mm-hmm. kind of dating miss giannina milady jabelli <laughs> any comment on that <laughs> uh no comment no okay. way no you gave comment. me that winky face you probably don't remember but i i dm'd <laughs> you and we actually talked about it on the podcast i was like he wrote back a winky face. That means something. <laughs> no, <laughs> really, no at co- the moment. No comment oh. at the moment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So all oh. right. Well, that's that. Moving on. Out the three <laughs> other questions <laughs> that I had. <laughs> so <laughs> next time. Well, I guess we'll see you later. Like, bye. <laughs> okay. So now this whole stagecoach thing is coming full circle because you are DJing stagecoach. Like, wait yes. to like the comeback kid. I actually really love this when I feel like. 
I don't know, like you weren't the underdog in the franchise overall, but I feel like in paradise, like they villainized you when maybe you shouldn't have been villainized. So it's, it's a cool for full circle story. I'm, I'm happy for you. How did that all come about? Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited for it. Um, it's weird. It's weird how everything works out. You know what I mean? Because even weirder had stagecoach not been canceled basically like for a year or two, I don't know if I would have been able to, I wouldn't have been in my DJ career to be able to do it. So this really is the first stagecoach since that stagecoach. So oh, wow. isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it's yeah, the next stagecoach. Yeah, you should. Because there's going to be- Business we're actually, trip. <laughs> we're getting, yeah, right. It's a write-off. Yeah, um, of course. There actually, there's like going to be a ton of bachelor people that are coming to support me. We're actually getting like a little bachelor house, it looks like. Um, so there's going to be like tons of people. Um, and yeah, honestly, it's just, they, they, they had reached out to me in 2020 then in 2021 to just promote, you know, and to get like free tickets and to promote and things like that. And then this year they reached out and they were like, we'd love to not only have you promote, but then also DJ the honky tonk, which is like the tent, the side tent, if you will, mm-hmm. um, like the after party type vibe. And I was like, that's freaking amazing. Like, yeah, that's so full circle. Um, it's just, it's, it's an amazing opportunity and it's going to be fun. Like it's going to be so much fun because I know the crowds at stagecoach and I just, I just, it's going to be so cool. And um, yeah, I think in a weird way, everything kind of worked out the way it was supposed to in a weird way. So. It's like you taking yeah. back the narrative a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm going to do, I mean, I'm, yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fun to make some content too while I'm at stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be all very lighthearted and very like take back the narrative. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to plug one of the dates? When is this all happening? So it's the last weekend in um april i think it's like the 28th the thursday the 28th through the second um monday and i think i'm playing saturday but i do not know exactly when yet uh but yeah so i'm we're gonna be i'll be there the whole weekend got the uh it's gonna be really fun i'm super excited what city is this so it's in um it's in coachella valley so it's literally where coachella is it's like they leave the stages up and then stagecoach is the next weekend okay so it's in coachella valley and in desert palm no wait palm desert yeah palm desert yeah 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 so Mm. I'm going on a bachelorette party that exact time period. And and I'm going to Nashville and I was like really looking forward to hopefully like hanging out with some bachelor people. And now it seems like they're all going to be a stage coach. (laughs) (laughs) They probably will be. Damn. And I I was, I would have liked to come. Yeah. I'd say it's, and it's funny because everybody thinks like stagecoach was like, but those bachelor group, like, you know, the group meetups and the group hookups and all that was happening for years it was just suddenly they decided to make it part of the show. On my right. Like it was, yeah. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. Do you think certain bachelor people like going to those things so they could take pictures with other bachelor people for the clout? Oh, absolutely. I do. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and lie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you get pictures with bachelor people, um, it's better engagement. And, and honestly, it's just, it's fun. You know, yeah. I think most 95, 98% of the people in Bachelor Nation are good people and fun. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just a good time. Yeah. That's what I assumed anyway. We had talked a couple of weeks ago about some guys from Katie and Michelle's season all hung out and it was like five of them and they all took pictures, but all five of them had a picture of all five of them on all of their <laughs> grids and they were just like different poses. And I'm like, there's a strategy here, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, tell, I remember when uh, we got off the show, me and Jason got off the Bachelorette, we were like, like, a, like a traveling duo. We would go everywhere together and take, because we just knew, you know, like it was going to be a bigger deal with the two of us, yeah. I love it. That's so cool. This transparency. I mean, oh yeah. I don't hide anything anymore. <laughs> no. And like we've interviewed over 15 people. Like 
this may be the most like I think this is the best one the most dramatic interview yet ever yeah in bachelor history in bachelor nation history yes so can you tell everyone where they can find you besides stagecoach like socials or whatever you want to plug yeah absolutely uh you can follow me at balake.h on instagram b-a-l-o-c-k-a-y-e.h uh also same on twitter and go listen to and follow my podcast behind the rose podcast we talk everything bachelor nation and country music and um yeah that's pretty much it keep an eye out i got a fun fun project dropping here in about two more months so keep an eye out for that as well okay cool well blake thank you so much this has been so much fun guys go check out blake go get tickets to stagecoach and we will be in touch Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. And that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcast and Spotify and leave a nice review if you feel so inclined to do so. And make sure you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. You can also, if you're a diehard, join our Facebook group. We have so much fun chatting with you guys in there. We do little polls about the show. We share news in real time. And so the link to that will be in the episode description. We can't wait to hear from you guys. And we want to to do shout out of the week and I'm going to shout out my girl Kelsey because her message seriously made my day mm-hmm. and week. So Kelsey writes, I shit you not. I was just in the Starbucks drive through listening to your pod and the barista said, is that she's all batch? How she even heard it from the window and rec- recognized your voices in a matter of 10 seconds is crazy to me. I think that's how you know you've made it. So I wrote her back and she said, and I live in a smallish town, Iowa, 40 minutes from Chris Souls. So it's not like there's a huge bachelor following here. So random. I asked her what happened after Mm -hmm. that the barista said that. She says she was like, yes, it's my favorite. And the barista said, mine too. And that was the whole interaction. But it was seriously so random. I wonder if she heard it while I was ordering because I was really at the window for fewer than 10 10 seconds when she asked me. So I paid for her coffee. I Venmoed her the money to oh cover God, her coffee so nice. because yeah, I it really made my day and I wanted to, you know, give back to supporters. That is so sweet. I love that you're listening while you're driving and I love that someone was able to pick up on the fact that it was even us. Yeah, from like two seconds. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, Yeah, it just makes my heart so warm. Plus, no (laughs) one has taken us up on the offer to go to Audrey's and get their coffee covered. So you have the extra money to spare. Yes, the funds (laughs) to spare. So yeah, also thank you to our sponsors, HydroJug. You can go to thehydrojug.com and use code BATCH10 for 10% off. You can go to thirdlove.com for 20% off with code She's All Batch, And you can pick up for the girls at Target or Walmart or Amazon and use the code BATCHGIRLS15 for 15% off. But the BATCHGIRLS15 only works on Amazon. You're going to have to actually go to the store, Target and Walmart to get it otherwise. Right. Yes. But going to Target, okay, I will say, as we said earlier, that you, if you want to stay in the comfort of your own home, stay and get it on Amazon. But Target is the one place where it's like kind of fun to go. And you know what? If you go to Target, it's totally acceptable to wear comfy clothes. So wear your third love bra to Target, sip on your hydro jug, and go pick up for the girls. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Wow, I'm, I'm going to do that later today. Same. Uh, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. Um, make sure you guys follow us. Follow Stephanie at She's All Batch on Instagram and TikTok. And you can follow me at Jackie Maroney underscore on mostly Instagram. But sometimes I throw in a little TikTok. I have like nine TikToks up these days. Whoa. I made one the other day. I was like, I don't post more TikToks. I mean, influencer status. I'm basically an influencer. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Anything else? I guess that's it. Bye bitches.